Gentlemen, welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping men figure out who they want to become and what they want to give their life to, and then pushing them to relentlessly pursue that vision for the rest of their life. My name is Keaton Tucker, and I am your host. And I say this almost every episode. This podcast is based on a question that my dad asked me when I was 23 years old. I was directionless. I was without motivation. I lived in my parents' basement. I worked at a restaurant that's the name I will not say, but you got unlimited breadsticks. And I was feeling sorry for myself and I'm going out to my dad. I'm like whining, complaining. I'm just sharing my woes. And he listened to my my dad. He he asked me, he's like, son, what kind of man do you want to be? And after I said, I don't know, uh, he told me I need to figure that out and pursue that vision for relentlessly for the rest of my life. And that question, that question that he asked me changed my life and it can change your lives too. I believe that. I believe it deeply because it has changed mine. I believe if you figure out what kind of man you want to be, ask yourself that question and then figure it out. It will change the trajectory of your life. Last Friday, I kicked off a new segment to the podcast called Biblical Manhood with the goal of looking at the greatest men in the Bible, the men who were like, they were bold, they were daring, strong, they were on mission. Um, And we started off with Jesus because I want to reclaim the manhood and the manliness of Jesus. It's easy to write Jesus off because he was God. Um, he's a character in the Bible. He's like, he kind of just changes and we forget that he was a real person in real physical space with a real body um, and he was a real man. And I don't like soft, silly love song Jesus. Like I, I, just, I just don't, I don't think that's how, who he was. He for sure was gentle and and calm and at ease, but he was also strong and, and daring and bold, and he was unafraid of anybody. Um, and so I want to reclaim his manliness. And last week we talked about his physical fortitude, his strength, his stamina, his endurance, um, how his physical presence commanded a respect and authority. Um, that, and I think every man should pursue that. And also, but Jesus had this, his, his presence caused men to follow him and be willing to die for him. And that, that is a mark of a strong man worth following. If you're not willing to follow someone and die for somebody, especially like a leader, a male, you got to wonder like, <clears throat> who are we becoming? And so we're looking at Jesus's life. And I had a lot of guys reach out to me after that podcast and thankful might be the word that uh, they would say because they were glad to know that they didn't have to be sissies to be a Christian and that G- to be a Christian and that Jesus wasn't a sissy either. And I told them all the same thing. I was like, well, there weren't very many sissy Christians until Christendom or cultural Christianity, because if you became a Christian, if you became a follower of Jesus and you lived in his way and you proclaimed his kingdom, you were signing up to die. Like quite literally, you were signing up to die. And because, you know, Jesus, he was on a mission to push back evil. Um, and, and Rome did not like that. Uh, Actually, powers that be just don't like uh, religious power, specifically Christianity. They just never have. And uh, so you were signing up to die. And so we looked at Jesus's physical fortitude last week. This week, I want to look at his schedule and I want to look at how he used his time. How you use your time matters. I believe in investing your time versus spending it. I believe in having a full schedule with very little downtime except on a Sabbath once a week. But a full schedule should be filled with good and beneficial stuff that has a return. That's what I mean by investing your time. There's, It's beneficial. It has a return for your life because you can fill your schedule with the wrong activities. Uh, Like scrolling through Netflix or scrolling through your phone for hours and hours a day. You get that notification from Apple about your screen time every Sunday. And you're like, how did I do that? 
that that would be a that would be filling your schedule with the wrong activities. Um, or another wrong activity is you're at work for 80 hours a week. That is a poor use of time. You don't need to be doing that. Jesus was someone who made good use of his time. He was alive for 30 years before he did anything publicly. And then in his three years, he made such an impact that it was very easy for four people, four separate people, to write four biographies about him. When they they couldn't look up facts on the internet or open up a book, they were writing biographies from memory. Um, they just remembered the things that he did. That's how powerful his impact was. We've all experienced, I think we've all experienced moments in our life that marked us that we will never forget. You could, you could relive it uh, right now and you could write it about it in detail if I asked you to. We all have a several moments like that and they probably involved people close to us. The men who followed Jesus were so impacted by his life that they were able to write about it. Like they, that's, that's the kind of impact he had. And he knew how to use his time well. Um, now you could be like, well, Jesus was God. And you know, so it was a little bit easier. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was also man. And, um, you get, you can't get rid of the human element. You just can't, you can't, you, you won't understand Christianity. I don't think until you understand the human element of Jesus, um, even though he was fully man and fully God, which is a weird theological thing to to unpack. But um, part of Jesus's impact was how he used his time. And in Mark chapter one, you get a little glimpse of his schedule. Uh, this podcast and our next podcast are going to be from Mark chapter one, by the way. Um, next podcast being our next biblical manhood podcast coming out next Friday. But in Mark chapter one, you get kind of an idea of what Jesus's schedule was like in his first day in public ministry. So he calls some disciples. He walks up to them. They're working. He's like, follow me. Um, he, and he promises to make them a fisher of men. He promises to make them like him. He, so he's going to teach them how to lead men. That's what being fishers of men, uh, that's what it means. It means you're going to call men and they're going to follow you and become like you, which is an amazing call. Um, he goes to a synagogue to teach. A synagogue was like a church, a Jewish church. And while he is teaching, which is a laborious task, if you've ever taught, he heals a man, and then he goes back to his home, and the whole city, it says, follows him. How big was that city? It doesn't say, but they followed him to his home, and they were all there late at night while he was teaching and healing them. So you got to imagine a very, very full house. You just got people all over there, and they're like surrounding him, listening and clinging to every word, and then asking him to lay the hands and like get the healing, and he would have been exhausted. And they were up late at night, and then he rose up before the sun, like before the sun rose is what it says, while it was still dark, he went outside to pray until he prayed until his disciples found him, and then they headed out of town to go to the next city to repeat the exact same thing. And Mark especially gives this like emphasis on immediately, 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 which is a way of saying like Jesus took action, he took action, he took action. He wasn't just like hanging out praying, meditating all of the time. He was, a, he was a man of action. He was a man whose schedule was full with good and right things. And this, that schedule from Mark 1, he does, he repeats it over and over and over again while at the same time he's walking everywhere. There were no cars. Don't think there were any wagons that he was using. Now, Jesus never walked more than 100 miles from his home, but he walked at least 100 miles from his home which is a really long way to walk. I walk on the treadmill for about two miles and I'm ready to be done. 
it was a very strenuous time. He used that time probably to pray and to teach his disciples, making use of every minute because he only got three years. Jesus had a full schedule. He wasn't distracted, but he was present. He made good use of his time while letting go of what was not important. He was focused. And when you make a good use of your time, when you when you are, you, you have to be focused to make good use of your time. Otherwise, you you end up doing things that are not a part of your primary mission, part of your primary assignment. That's next Friday's episode, knowing your assignment. And I want to be a man like that. I want to be focused. I want to have a full schedule. I want to make sure I'm using my time wisely, investing it, and doing it for the right things. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt was a man like that. You can tell from the books that he wrote that he was, to some degree, a disciple of Jesus and he made use of every minute of every day. I did an episode about that, that very thing, something I learned from Theodore Roosevelt. You can check it out. It's called Success is, or what's it called? Success is Founded in Making the Most of Every Minute um, from April 25th, 2022. It's a great episode to go learn about like how, what he called himself an ordinary man who made, a, made the most of his life by taking care of every, doing something every minute. Ordinary men do extraordinary things when they make the most of their time. So, but I want you to hear me when we're talking about a full schedule. I am not advocating or suggesting that you work 80 hours per week at your job. Not at all. I don't believe that is a good use of your time. I don't think you need to be at your local church four or five days a week leading a different thing. I also don't think that is a good use of your time. Pick one thing at your church. You've got your job. Work your job as best you can. Pick one or two things at your church, preferably one, and do it really, really well. Because if you're doing everything, that means other people can't be doing you know, other stuff. You know, If you're one person doing nine things, that means there's eight other people who can't do something because you're, you're hogging all the... And you, so it's not good. Pick one thing to do at your church. Make good use of your time. So what? But what I am advocating for what I am advocating, though, is that you get rid of all the dilly-dally things in your life that keep you distracted and ineffective. Right now, most of my listeners, like you guys, most of my listeners are between 24 and 34, which means most of my, my listeners are single, which means most of my listeners are only responsible for themselves. You don't have that much responsibility. Like I know when you're young and 25 and you have a job and you pay a couple bills, you think you're responsible and that you're, you're probably, which to, for that age and that stage of life, yeah, you pay your bills, do your job, but you're only responsible for you, which means you're not that responsible just because you haven't hit a stage in life where you're responsible for other people. You, I heard one pastor say like, you're, you're almost a man when you're single, you become a man when you're responsible for your wife and kids. And there will come a day when you have more responsibility than yourself. Like one day that's going to happen. One day you're not going to be single. One day you will be married and one day you will have kids. You're going to get a higher promotion at your job too. Like that's going to happen. And one day you will be responsible for more than yourself. And if you dilly dally your time away now, instead of preparing, you will carry those bad habits into your future. Like I promise, I talked on one of my last episodes about how like I wish I would have, I took care of a lot in my 20s before I got married. I wish I would have taken, made sure I took care of the debt too because now me and my wife have to both work on that. But if you dilly-dally your time away right now, instead of preparing whatever bad habits you have in your 20s, you will bring into your, into your marriage. You'll bring them into your 30s, in your 40s. Like 
you could work 32 hours a week, eat poorly, play video games till late at night. Like you can, you can do that if you want, but is that what you want to bring into your future? Or is that the kind of man that you want to be? Is that the legacy you want to leave? Your 20s are your defining decade. That's according to Dr. Meg Jay. She wrote a book about it called Defining Decade, Why Your 20s Matter. I highly recommend that book. Not a Christian book, but highly recommend that book if you're in your early 20s. How you spend your 20s sets the stage for the rest of your life. If you use your 20s well, um, you, the rest of your life will go well. If you, you, your 20s are like the foundation of your life. You either spend... You either like launch off of that foundation or you spend your 30s, 40s, and 50s trying to correct for what you laid during your 20s. Now is the time to practice and prepare for the for your future responsibility by owning and investing your time wisely, not dilly-dallying in things that do not profit. Like now is the best time to start using your time better, filling your schedule with things that are actually profitable for your life. You know, I was at a um, team meeting last week because I do, th- I do think most people really want to get better at using their time. A lot of people, they just don't know how. And I was at a team meeting last week, and uh, we all had to ask this question by the person leading the meeting. The person said, if you could do add one thing to your life right now or change one thing right now about your life that would make your life better, what would it be? And I bet there were 20 people in this room. I bet half of them said a sleep routine. You know, like going to bed at the same time, not scrolling on your phone until 10, 30, 11, 11, 30 o'clock. You know what I mean? Like, because a lot of times you crawl in bed, you pull out your phone, you start scrolling and two hours later, you're like, oh my gosh, what happened? Uh, or you're on YouTube for longer hours than you meant to. Um, everybody, ha- not everybody, half the room said, I want a bedtime routine. And they almost all said, so I can wake up refreshed and ready for the day. Because you don't, nobody wants to wake up tired like what was the point of all that sleep? So they're like, I need a sleep routine. And a few years ago, I did the whole sleep routine thing too for the same reasons that were mentioned above. Like I was noticing um, that I would stay up later than I wanted to, which meant I was sleeping longer in the morning than I wanted to, which meant you know hitting the snooze button over and over again, rushing through breakfast and throwing back as much coffee as I could to get myself to wake up, um, cold water on my face. So I was like, I'm not being productive. I'm not making good use of my time. I know good time. I know that you a good day starts in the evening, so I'm going to do a sleep routine. And so I did. I did all the things you're supposed to do with a sleep routine. I uh, I journaled before bed. I read. I had the dim lighting. I tried the sound machine. I never tried the like eye covers. I never did that. But I did all the tips and tricks so that when I laid my head to bed, I would finally go asleep. Go to sleep. And this was like. I was like 25, 26 when I started doing this. Um, And when I started my sleep routine, I noticed I would get in, I'd do all the stuff. I would lay in bed and then I would lay there for at least an hour before I fell asleep. I was like, what the, I tried it for like six months. It It happened over and over again. I actually never got a good sleep. And then probably about three years ago, I discovered the best way to fall asleep at night. Like at the same time with ease, like I'm talking like you get in bed, head hits the pillow, and within a couple of minutes, you're out. I figured out what it was. It's an easy, very simple two-step process. I'm going to give it to you. Step one, wake up super early. I mean, like think of the time that you just thought of and wake up at least an hour before that. And then have as productive a day as possible. And let me tell you, especially now, now I wake up like super, super early. I'm going to give you my schedule here in a little bit. I sleep like a baby. 
I hit the pillow and it's like lights out for me and I sleep deeply and good. I don't, and it's because I'm trying to make the most of every day. I wake up really, really early. So if I stay up late, I'm going to feel the consequences the next day. And then I work very diligently to make the most of every minute of every day and not waste it on idleness or scrolling. And too many men, they lay in bed at night with unused energy still in their body. So they're tired during the day, but they're like wired at night, tired at the end of the day, wired at night because they're not, they're like there. And there could be a lot of reasons. A lot of it, we're not using our time. Well, maybe you're in a dead end job that you don't want to be in. There's not a, maybe there's not a physical aspect. Maybe there's not a mental challenge, but for whatever reason, there could be a lot. Too many men have unused energy in their body that keeps them awake at night, but tired during the day because they're not using it. They're not making the most of their, their time, their talents, their giftings. And let me tell you, it is satisfying to go to bed exhausted. Like knowing I did, I made the most of my day today. It is unbelievably satisfying. In Proverbs chapter six, it says folding of the hands to rest leads to poverty. And I used to think that only meant poverty of your, like your finances, you end up poor. But as I'm learning, it's poverty of spirit, poverty of mind, poverty of purpose. There's like nothing left to keep you going forward. If you rest too much. And resting doesn't mean just, um, it could be, resting is idleness, it's scrolling, it's empty use of time, it's not putting your hand to something, it's not taking action. That's what, that's what, that's what folding your hands to rest is, is absence of activity. And I just decided like, I get one life and I want to make the most of it and I want to have an impact and I want to have a right impact. And so what I thought I would do for you guys today, I didn't get to this point, um, all that quickly, but over time I built this schedule and I can tell you that I'm sleeping well at night and I am doing my best to make the most of every minute because I want to have an incredible impact, um, in the, in my family, in my church, um, through whatever business or venture I get to start someday through my community, in my state, in my country. I think I want to have a big impact and I know I'm not going to get there by idling my time away. And I know that I am a disciple of Jesus and Jesus used his time well, and he made an impact that changed, forever changed the, the course of human events in the face of the planet. And I'm like, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I want to do that. And Jesus promised, he promised that there was a reward for those who work diligently and hard for his kingdom. He says, like he tells a parable where he's like, here's five talents. And someone goes, and the, here's five, here's three, here's one. It's a, it's a sum of money. It's not And he says he gives it each according to his ability. And the guy who had five, he took it and he worked it and he brought back 10. And Jesus said, well done, good and faithful servant. And the guy who took three, he took it and he worked it and he made, he brought back three more. And and Jesus said, well done, good and faithful servant. And the guy who had only had one, who only had a little bit, he didn't do anything with it. And, And that made Jesus mad in the parable. And I want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. It doesn't matter if you are a five, if Jesus gave you five or three or one, what he is asking is that you just do something. Recognize the world you live in. Recognize the causes of evil around you. Recognize that you held the keys to the kingdom of God, that you need to make a difference in the world for good, for families, for churches, and that the only way that you're going to do that is if you do something, which means not idly using your time. You you are on a mission that's more than your life. And there are other people who are going to benefit from the action that you take. It, that, but it is beyond self-satisfaction. It's beyond uh, applause. 
you are on a mission from God. And we're going to talk about that kind of assignment next week because I think it's very important that young men learn, figure out how to know what their assignment is because when you figure out your assignment, um, which is similar to figuring out your purpose, when you figure out your assignment for your stage of life, suddenly it becomes a lot easier to make the most of every minute. If you're just aimlessly wandering, it's very hard to make the use of anything because it feels purposeless. But okay, here's my schedule. Here's what I do. Uh, Because I, I want you to see... I'm advocating that you make the most of every minute in right things, not in the wrong things. So if you're single, you want to adjust this for your season. If you're married, um, you could follow this a little bit. Um, if you've got kids, you're going to follow this. You can follow this even a little bit closer, but you want to make adjustments to your season. So every single morning, except for Saturday, I wake up at 4 a.m. Um, I That's when I, that's. The reason I wake up at 4 a.m. is because it's the only period of the day where I get to do what I want to do to prepare for my future. No one else needs my attention. It, it, it would be inappropriate because I have a daughter, I've got a son on the way, and I have a wife. It would be inappropriate for me to um, take selfish time while my family is awake. That's when they need me. So I wake up before them so that I can prepare for our future. That's when I pray that's when I read. That's when I write. I write these podcasts um, between at four in the morning. Um, I prepare for our future. Um, I plan out my day for work. I plan out what needs to be done at home. I make. I, I like journal. I'm looking. I'm examining my life um, that early in the morning. And I take about. I take about three hours. I don't work out that early in the morning because I don't really care to work out that early in the morning. If I do, it's a very short workout. But what I'm primarily doing is doing the things that I want to do or need to do to prepare for our future. And then at 7 a.m., I I go downstairs. I grab a cup of coffee from my wife. I refill my coffee. I get juice from my daughter. I take all of that into our room, and then I go and get our daughter, and then we sit in bed for together as a family for about 20 minutes every every single morning. The only exception to that is when my wife has to be at work because she's a nurse and sometimes she has to be at work and leave at 6 a.m. That's and even so when she does leave at 6 a.m. I adjust what I'm doing so that I can have time with her before she leaves. I cook her breakfast and sit at the table with her. And then I go back to, after she leaves, I go back to preparing until my daughter wakes up. And then I go get my daughter and we spend 20 minutes of time together. And then I cook her breakfast. Um, I start my day off with family time because that's what my dad did. Uh, And that's what my mom did. Mom woke up every morning. I'll never forget. She woke up. She made us breakfast every single morning. Pops would push through a little Bible study or book study with us every morning, even if we didn't want to. But the the Bible study and the cooking breakfast were not the things that like stood out to me. It was my parents started our day with us. There was just, there was never a day where my parents didn't start the day with us. Now, as we got older, that had to get a little bit earlier as we had more morning obligations. Um, but they were there. So I have at 7am, I do a little bit there. Then I start to get dressed. And then I go downstairs and I, at 8 a.m. I have breakfast with my family, assuming Chelsea isn't working. I will not miss this meal for anything. I do not schedule anything. I won't like even if if I have a breakfast with somebody from my current job that I have to do, I only schedule it for nine o'clock. I don't meet before that because I'm having dinner with my family because I learned that from my mom and I learned that from my pops. And I'm going to repeat that because presence is the best gift that you can give. 
um, they never missed breakfast. And from there, um, sometimes I will exercise or sometimes I'll head straight to work. I try to either, if I'm exercising, I go at nine. If I'm uh, going to work, I go in at nine. Um, but I make, because I make the most of every minute and I don't take lunch breaks, I can afford to go in a little later. I've like earned that privilege at my work to go in a little later. I don't have to be there at eight. Um, I have earned that privilege by working very diligently and delivering on what I'm supposed to do. So work very hard at your job. So you get the privilege of kind of having flexibility in your schedule. Don't demand flexibility. If you have not earned it, like go in and earn it. Um, I'm home by five 30 every day. Um, that is, that is what I'm doing. I get home at five 30 every single day. And I just added a new rule. When I get home, my phone goes in our room. Uh, I'm not going to answer texts or phone calls or anything else uh, on my phone just cause I'm just cause you can get a hold of me. doesn't mean you should be getting a hold of me. And actually now that I'm talking about it, I remember when <laughs> we had a landline, some of y'all may not remember a landline. It was a home that it was a phone that was in the wall of your house. You couldn't go further than the house. Someone would call after six and my dad pops would just get so mad that someone would have the audacity to call him during family time. <laughs> and now we just like put our phone on the table in case someone needs us while we're with our family. Nope. That's not going to be me. Uh, I get home at five 30. I have eat dinner with my family. I do not miss dinner with my family. Um, I try not to, there are, there's one event at our church on Tuesday nights where I miss dinner with the family, but that's an exception. Um, and then I spend time with the family until about seven thirty. Then bedtime is between nine and ten. Um, and d- during the day, during all of those hours, I'm trying to invest my time. Like I work diligently on getting my to do list done. I have stuff. Like if I get through the to do list, I have scheduled out the things that are due in months ahead, so I can work on them. Um, if there is a lull time, I make sure I'm like reading something or I'm, or I'm seeing if I can get together with anybody to pour into people. Cause I am in the people business. I, uh, like I'm going to make the most of my time, my total time on social media per week. Um, especially in the last like six months has been maybe a total of an hour per week on social media. Um, or any other distracting thing that doesn't profit. I'm like, I've reduced that down to an hour and Part of the reason I've been, and like I said, like part of the reason I'm able to do follow that rigid of a schedule, you're like, when do you have fun? I have fun on Saturdays. I'll tell you about Saturdays in a second. Um, is because I know my assignment, which is the episode. That's what we're going to talk about next week, figuring out, learning your assignment. But on Saturdays is Sabbath. So that's a biblical principle. Work, Get all of your work done in six days for your job, your home whatever side hustle you've got going on, you do that in six days. And then on your seventh day, you do nothing. You rest. So me and Chelsea, we sleep in, which means seven because we have kids. We have waffles. We go on hikes during the summer. Like we just have fun. That's We have family dinner every Monday and every Tuesday. Uh, oh, excuse me. Every Sunday and every Monday, we have family dinner. That's when we have our fun. We do stuff with our church. That's when we have fun. Not, we're not robots. I am not a robot, but there's plenty of time for fun, but I work, I try to make the most of six days. And then on the seventh day I play and I rest and I sleep in and I just have some fun with my life, but I'm trying to make an impact. And I think every man wants desires to make an impact and you're going to make the biggest impact by taking advantage, taking full control of your schedule. You probably work for somebody who can dictates a lot of your schedule and that's good for you for a, a season of your life, especially in your early twenties, make the most of it work really, really hard for your boss. Don't work long for your boss. That's different. 
work really, really hard for your boss who is determining your schedule and your paycheck. Um, when you submit to the authority above you, you get all the privilege in the world. Don't be like me in my early 20s thinking you can make it on your own without the people above you. Just, I promise, if you submit to the authority above you, you somehow get you get everything else. Uh, that was what you learned from, jo- that's one of the things you learned from Joseph, is he just was diligent to the people above him, even when he was in prison or in Egypt, and you get everything when you submit to the authority above you. I don't. It just works. Just do it. <laughs> New lesson I'm learning. Um, different episode, different time. But I want you to think, like, I did this a couple years ago. I'm like, what could you do with two extra hours per day for creating, producing, learning, writing, or do, or figuring out who you want to become? Like two extra hours per day if you wake up early. Because most people don't use their late hours productively, but you, a lot of people use their early hours productively. Two extra hours per day, that's 12 hours extra a week. You know, like Keaton, there's seven days in a week, that would be 14. I'm like, no, 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 Sabbath. Two extra hours times six, because you Sabbath. What could you do with 12 extra hours per week? What could you What could you produce? What could you create? What could you grow? What could you learn? That amounts to 624 hours extra per year. And over a five-year period, that's 130 extra days. And that's not eight-hour days. That's 24-hour days. What could you do with an extra 130 full days over the next five years? What could you produce? What could you, how could you grow? What could you create? What could you make? There's a lot of time there. And if we make it, if we make good use of our time, I think you just, you find a way to get stuff done and become who you want to become instead of dilly dallying. I am convinced more than ever that distraction dilly-dallying and not using your time well is why some people succeed and some people don't. Why some people become everything they wanted to become and some people don't. Why some people get to create awesome businesses is I don't think it, I'm really starting to believe it's not talent, it's not uh, the right opportunities, it's just how many people use their time well. They invested it, they didn't spend it. They did stuff that gave them a good return. I want you to be men. I want to be a man who gives gets a great return on his time because he invested it well. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Man I Want to Be podcast. My name is Keaton Tucker. I am the host of this podcast, and this is everything. I'm like trying to help figure out what kind of man I want to be and help you along the way. So thank you for tuning in, and until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast.